Welcome to Weird Sisters. I'm Al. And I'm Becca. This is a true crime podcast by two sisters. And while it is true crime, there will be humour and chat throughout it, and we will express our opinions. We'll do our best to be sensitive, given the material, and never intentionally be disrespectful or incorrect about facts. Hopefully you enjoy the episode. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode. We're just, um, yeah. we just spent an hour recording one of our episodes, and I realised <laughs> that I did not have the microphone plugged in. Yeah, we did an hour and a quarter, and then just looked, and like, oh shit. It's not recording. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, sorry if we were a little bit frazzled, a little bit giddy at the beginning of this, because... Yeah, that's been, just yeah talking to ourselves literally for an yeah. hour and fifteen minutes. Honestly, I'm kind of glad. And what a horrific case! Yeah, it, the, oh no, we're gonna have to go over all. Oh, yeah, we're gonna have to go over all of the bits that I don't want to go over again. Yeah, so we thought we're gonna take a break from that, record my episode, and then go <laughs> and back. Then go back. So yeah, yeah, this is Becca's episode. That's so frustrating. It is definitely recording this. Time. Yes, I literally I'd looked at my phone. <laughs> about 20 minutes ago and I was like oh it's only like four o'clock we're actually gonna get finished like decently early for once no because yep. I've just wasted an hour and 15 of our time yep oh. Oh, okay right so my case today which is being recorded is um the case of Molly Ann Bish yeah which um I just think it's a really important case like her sister does a lot still to try and keep it really in the public eye and like try and get it solved um so I think yeah. it is a really important case to cover. It's such a shame that it's not solved, though. I know, moment, yeah. It? Unfortunately, yeah. Spoiler alert, it is not solved. So, but maybe. Maybe it's getting close. So. They have had lots of breakthroughs on mm-hmm. this, like, stuff in the last few years with all the um, DNA and ancestry exactly, testing yeah. and everything. So, so, fingers crossed. Yeah, but yeah, so we'll get right down to down to that. We're not going to waste time on chit-chat this time. Nope. Um, <laughs> So yeah, um, daylight people. <laughs> yeah, I have to cycle home. Um, so yeah, uh, Molly Ann Bish uh, was born on the second of August, nineteen eighty-three. Oh, so similar sort of era as yeah, me and my our brother. Our brother, yeah. Um, yeah, so she was the youngest of three, uh, with an older sister Heather and an older brother John. Oh, um, and her sister Heather. Uh, desperately wanted a little sister, apparently. That's like me. Yeah. I really wanted a little sister, and then I realised I had to share a room and everything else. Yeah. And I was just like, why the fuck did I ask yeah. for a little sister? The way it's thing... worked out now. Yeah, we're really close now. <laughs> I wanted to be close with you as children, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's sort of where the similarities between you and Heather stop. Because cool. uh, when Molly was born, she absolutely adored <laughs> her. Like, she would dress her, she'd Aww. do everything for her. Like, she absolutely loved That's having so a little sister. I couldn't find how old Heather actually is. I know she was a fair bit older, yeah. but I couldn't find what her But she's her helping dress her and stuff. She's got to be, yeah, definitely quite capable. Exactly. Um, so Molly and her family were, like, a really tight-knit unit. Um, and they were really well known in the small town where they lived, which was Warren, Massachusetts. Um, so I wanted to just do a little bit of research into Warren. Yeah. Um, it's a rural town, uh, of about 5,000 people and it's in Western Worcester County and is bisected by, I'm not going to say this, right, the Quabog, Quabog River? Quabog? Quabog River. <laughs> I'm so sorry, guys. We're not from America. 
No. <laughs> so it's kind of nice. I f- I'm going to go out on a limb here, say as listeners, maybe it's nice to have an English podcast butchering American pronunciation. As opposed to the other way around. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what was it? Um, Northamptonshire yeah. that we had. I feel day. like it is sort of making me feel like I can't judge other podcasters from America who don't get the English stuff right now, though. <laughs> um, yeah, it's bisected by the Quabog River. And Warren is one of six existing towns that were first settled in 1660. Oh, wow. So it's okay. quite an old town, Especially actually, for America. America yeah. yeah. Um, and in 1741, the town was renamed Warren. Oh, no, sorry. Uh, it was Weston in 1741 and was renamed Warren in 1884. Okay. In honour of General Joseph Warren, who died at the Battle of Bunker Hill during the American Revolutionary War. Yeah, they renamed a lot of stuff, didn't they, for the revolution? Yeah. Viva la revolution. Yeah. Apparently, uh, residents of Warren tend to lean liberal when they vote. <laughs> and Which the... one? So that's like. I think liberal as opposed to good. conservative. Yeah, I think liberal's the positive one. Oh, and too liberal is bad, and too yeah. conservative is bad. You want a nice middle ground. Yeah. <laughs> There's my positive view <laughs> for you. Yeah. And the public schools in Warren apparently are above average. Ooh, yeah. Fancy. So that's... <laughs> public schools... Um, is our state is, school. So not the not paying No, not private. Cool. Yeah. You always get confused about that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's my little blurb on Warren. Um, on the 27th of June 2000, uh, Molly was 16. Yeah. And less than two months away from turning 17. And... Unfortunately, all of this comes from her missing poster that stated that she was five foot seven, 125 to 127 pounds, with blonde hair and blue eyes. And yeah, that's off of her missing poster because unfortunately she was abducted that day and never seen alive again. So. The day before her birthday? uh, Less than two months away from her birthday. Her birthday was August and she was abducted in the end of june okay That's yeah so sad. yeah uh molly was eight days into her summer job as a lifeguard at cummins pond which was a local like man-made pond yeah i'm guessing like pool like, yeah uh, like people would go there all the time it's in the not summer. like what i'd imagine a pond would no it's not like our ponds like people would go swimming in it yeah. and have barbecues by it and yeah yeah like kind of yeah sort of like almost like an outdoor swimming pool but yeah. but natural like not natural it's man-made but like to look natural. yeah yeah <laughs> um uh yeah so cummins pond was in like a central residential part of warren it wasn't yeah. like really out of the way um she had spent the winter prior to this completing her lifeguard training so that she Aww. could be the lifeguard there so it's something she really wanted to do yeah i'd find that so much pressure yeah I know, at 16. Yeah. yeah. Responsible for people's lives. Like, no, mm-hmm. thank you. Um, she'd actually taken over the role of lifeguard from her brother, John. So Aww. she obviously sort of knew about it quite yeah. well, knew the job. and Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> in addition to this, Molly was, like, really sporty generally. Yeah. She played softball, baseball, and basketball in high school. Wow. And obviously was a really strong swimmer. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so Molly was also, like, really outgoing and popular. From her sister Heather's memories of her, what stands out is just, like, how happy she was. Um, Apparently, she just loved experiencing the world, generally. 
Um, she was like really welcoming of others at school and just like a really empathic person. Always people like I that, know, though. just really pure, just nice people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she was in a relationship with 17 year old Steve Lucas, who she'd okay. been dating for three months. Aww. And they'd gone to the prom together in May. Oh, that's And sweet. like really cute, like teenage relationship. Friends said they were really close. They'd like hold hands at school and like phone each other every day and oh, stuff. Like, you. yeah. I mean, like, I still hold hands with Josh. Yeah. <laughs> it's cute though. <laughs> and like, obviously, yeah, 2000, they're having to like ring each other up on the landline to talk and speak to their parents. Yeah. <laughs> it's Molly there, please. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, Molly had been with Steve until 11.30 the night before she disappeared. It's quite late. Which I was thinking, like, that is late for a 16-year-old. Yeah. I wouldn't have been allowed out that late at 16. No. So, yeah. Um, and also, I think you'd have really liked her. Um, <laughs> friends remembered her as being, like, alongside being an honours student. Wow. Also just, like, typical teenager. She yeah. had a tongue piercing. Oh, um, And apparently she refused to, like, take it out. In order to be in like a sports team and just stuff, so. amazing, like sporty, intelligent, yeah. mm. just funny, yeah, and, and like properly, just like had a goofy proper personality. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, she wanted a tattoo. Yes, yeah, <laughs> um, and she also like listened to cassette tapes because it was like just out of the nineties. I so. had cassette tapes. I know. So I remember having cassettes. So she had cassette tapes of like the Beach Boys, okay. New Kids on the Block. And she loved Bath and Body Works. Oh. So proper just like Yeah. Proper just teenage girl. Like, she sounds she's, amazing. Yeah. Um, so the day before Molly went missing, on the twenty sixth of June, uh Maggie, uh, Molly's mum, was dropping her off at the pond for work. And there was like a white car parked at the pond. Okay. Um they didn't really think too much of it. Molly got out of the car and headed to her post. Yeah. And that was when Maggie noticed that the man sat in the car was watching Ooh. her. Um, she had just like a weird feeling. See, about I it. hate those feelings. Mm. We were at the just like local shop doing our shopping and our eldest asked if she could stay in the car. Mm-hmm. And normally I don't think anything of it. It's just like, yeah, why not? Yeah. It's literally going to be like 10 minutes. Yeah, you're 11. Like, exactly. Yeah. You can walk to school by yourself. You can. Yeah. So I initially said yes, and there was a car parked next to the like parent and kids mm-hmm. one with just a man in it. Oh. And he was just staring at our oh, car. Oh, that's weird. And I got out and like went to get the trolley with Josh mm-hmm. and everything like that, and he was still just staring at the car. Oh, yeah, no, that's So I weird. actually told Josh, look, go back and tell her that she can't stay in the car, she's yeah. coming in with us. No, that's like, so sensible. Uh, Even always, if it's paranoia. It... I'd much rather be paranoid and not be second-guessing myself. Yeah, than... exactly. You yeah. don't ever want to be in that situation where you think, oh, if only Why I didn't had I just... just listen to it? Yeah. I think we've got gut feelings <clears throat> for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Like, we have to remember we are animals and we have got instincts and, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so she had a bit of a weird feeling. So she actually got out of the car rather than leaving um, and went to, like, wait with Molly for a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah, doing what... Yeah, exactly. I'd advocate you doing. Yeah. Um, She asked Molly about, like, whether there were ever strange people around the pond and stuff. But Molly, like... Typical teenager, just, like, dismissed her concerns. There's always strange people. Yeah, she was saying, like, they're just, like, fishermen and hunters. Like, there's nothing to worry about. Like, don't be silly, mum. Yeah. Like, we've said to our mum so many times. (laughs) 
Um, and Maggie went back to her car and just like was pretending to fetch something out of it. Yeah. Um, so that it didn't sort of look like she was leaving. Yeah. And apparently the man was still there, just like smoking a cigarette and actually just like glaring at her. Like he wasn't even trying to hide looking at her he was just like glaring out his car window at her you'd feel so torn wouldn't you just like that horrible conflicting mm. i should go but i should stay and yeah not knowing what to do with yourself exactly um so maggie stayed in the car and like the man left after like she was obviously staying put yeah so he was gone and maggie decided she didn't need to stay and she left shortly after that Oh, um, do you think she's done? Like, you couldn't ask for more, could no, you? No, exactly. Yeah, because you can't live your life in total fear. Yeah, you've done everything that... Is sensible, is yeah. Sensible and reasonable. And also, to be fair, a little paranoid anyway. Yeah, exactly. Like, you've already... Yeah, sort of... that's the thing. Yeah, so she left. She didn't think anything further about it. Um, and, yeah, nothing else eventful really happened that day. Um on the morning of the 27th of June, um, Molly had had some really upsetting news. Okay. Um, a teammate called Elizabeth Razka. Razka? Razka? Elizabeth, from one of her school sports, had been hit by a car whilst <gasps> on her bicycle. Oh, God. Yeah, so she was in a critical condition in hospital. So... The 27th just started off shit. Yeah. Anyway, um, this was Molly's eighth day at work. And whilst, you know, most people would definitely, I think, take the day off, I would. Yeah, after... I mean, how can you concentrate? Yeah. Uh, Molly felt like it was really important to still go to work because it was the first day of swimming lessons at the pond. Oh. So she wanted to be there. So she's yeah. like, she's such a mature person. Yeah. Like, ugh. So Heather, Molly's sister, had a stomach bug that week. Um, yeah I know but Molly and Maggie dropped by to see her like before Molly went to work yeah um and they also saw um Heather's daughter so Molly's niece so Heather must have been quite yeah exactly that's what I thought so she's so 16 nearly 70 yeah Heather's got got her own place yeah daughter yeah yeah. um apparently Molly absolutely doted on her niece like loved her like you with my eldest yeah (laughs) basically yeah um i think that's the really sad thing researching the case as well like heather was saying like oh my god i'm gonna cry ah (laughs) no heather was saying like that's so like her niece didn't ever get to know her but they should have been so close like even though she never knew her she still got that like hole there so just sort of the the missing experiences that she should have had exactly um but yeah, like Heather remembered that Molly wasn't like as sort of like gung ho as usual. Yeah. Um, just like with the news of her friend and stuff, she didn't seem her, she kinda like not her normal bubble Yeah, self, She but... still like lingered at Heather's yeah. a bit longer than she maybe would have done normally. Um and then just really sad, like just for Heather, she didn't kiss her goodbye because she didn't want to make her sick. Totally uh-huh. normal. Yeah. <laughs> but like she always kissed her goodbye though, and that day didn't, and that just like Dicks in her mind, mind. yeah. Yeah. That like that one day that it was so important to, yeah. Um. So then after they'd been to Heather's, Molly drove to work with her mum, like accompanying her because of like learner driver regulations. But yeah, she was like learning to drive, and 
Yeah. Um, they stopped briefly at a store to buy a drink at about 9.50 a.m. or so. Okay. So it wasn't late in the day. Like, she went to work quite early. She'd yeah. Obviously, like, late. for a 16-year-old, she was, like, up. She God. went to her sister's. She, like, <laughs> all before, like, half nine. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they stopped for a drink. And Molly then headed to the police station to pick up her radio. Because radio was the only way to communicate from the pond. Okay. Um, yeah, she then headed to work, which was, I looked it up, it's a three minute drive from the oh, station. So not far at so all. it's really not out no. of the way. No. Um, Molly told Maggie that she loved her and got out of the car. And it was just before 10 a.m. that they did this. Okay. 10 minutes past 10, people from town began arriving for their swimming lessons, but Molly wasn't there. That's insane. Yeah. So, like, like 15 minutes. Yeah. Like, absolutely crazy. Um, her whistle was round, round the arm of her lifeguard chair, and her sandals were on the ground in front of the chair, like she'd just been sat there. And a bottle of water was by the side with her lunch. So she just, like, sat yeah. down, got to work, yeah. and then... Um, and her first aid kit was open on oh. the ground next to the um, chair. Oh, that just gives me chills. Mm-hmm. It's like someone pretending to be injured. Yeah, and then... that's what they thought. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, they think that's how they sort of maybe got her guard down. Yeah, like um, Bundy. And... Yep. Oh. Yeah, but nothing else was there. Amongst the people arriving was Sandra Woodworth, a local mother, and Molly wasn't there, so she just took on Molly's lifeguard role, Aww. assuming that she'd wandered off. Like, so Which easy to... so unlike Yeah, her. exactly. Um, about an hour later, obviously Molly still hasn't turned up, and Molly's yeah. boss, Ed Fett, came by, and Sandra told him that Molly wasn't attending to her duties. So at that point, they were just thinking, oh, she's a typical teenager, like she's a teenager buggered off. got distracted. Yeah, her like, boyfriend's come yeah, by. Or... Like, oh, she's not doing her job. Like, it was more like yeah. moaning rather than yeah. worried. Molly's boss rang the police at 11.44am to let them know Molly wasn't there. So she'd obviously gone sometime between 10 and, like, 10 past 10. Yeah. And at quarter to 12, she gets reported as missing. Yeah. And the police didn't give a toss. Typical, just that, yeah. oh, they're a teenager, yeah. what do you expect? They assumed that she'd ditched work and gone off with friends, like, especially with her friend being hospitalised. They were just like, oh, you know, she's having a, having a troubled day, she's decided to ditch work. That's, but it's so out of character exactly. of yeah. for her. That's the thing. At 1pm, the police finally decide to report Molly's disappearance to her family. What? Yeah. Her family didn't, didn't know. know. No. They get told that she's not at work and they don't tell them till one. Wow. Yeah. That's awful. Mm-hmm. I cannot imagine just thinking like, hang on, you've been sat on my child being missing for like... 45 and, minutes. Yeah. Like, what the fuck or was it doing? no quarter to 12? Yeah. So like over, over an, an hour. hour. Yeah. And like, she's been gone for longer than that. Yeah. Like, she's been gone like three hours by now. I, I cannot no, imagine. I... Um, Yeah. So they told the family more as a formality than what? because they thought she was actually missing. Yeah. <laughs> Maggie, though, is instantly afraid, yeah. as you would well, be. Especially with the previous day. Yeah. And she's also really confused. So she rings Heather, Molly's sister. And even though she's ill and everything, they all go down to the pond. And the whole family agreed, unlike the police, that this was utterly out of character for her because she yeah. was just so responsible like her friend was hit by a car and she and still, she still said, wanting, she could have easily at that point said no i'm having the day off exactly like if she wanted to skip work no one would have blamed her to exactly. just say i'm not going in um 
And police are still assuring the family that Molly's just skipped work and she's emotional about but her how friend's accident. how can they say that? How can the police assure the family that mm. when the family are the ones who know her? Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah, it quickly transpires as well that none of Molly's friends or her boyfriend have heard from her or seen her. So she's Fucking clearly not place. fucked off with her friends, is she? No. Because like, they would be with her. Um, yeah. You'd think they could have made that as a first fucking port of call, wouldn't mm-hmm. you? Yeah, and Maggie also, understandably, is also really concerned because Molly's belongings are still at the pond. You wouldn't leave them there yeah. if you're fucking off with exactly. your friends. And she's like, she can't stop thinking, like, where would she have gone without her shoes? Like, her shoes yeah. are there. Like, why? where would she wander off without shoes on? Yeah. So... Yeah, and Maggie keeps trying to tell the police that Molly would not just leave work and that she loved her job. Like, she was so passionate about yeah. that job. Well, that... yeah, it's not like she, it's a job that she's just got, is it? She's mm. had to work and train to get exactly, that job. Exactly, yeah. So time passes and the police actually start to listen and accept that Molly might not have just run away. Fucking shock horror. Yeah, but Warren only has a small police department, so they didn't have any experience with missing persons cases, which shows. Um, yeah. So they call in the Massachusetts State Police. Okay. Um, I mean, they've yeah. done that as a Finally, yeah. fumbling hours later. Longer. Yeah, at least once they do start to listen, they accept that they don't know what they're yeah. doing. Whereas <laughs> some would want to save face and still take it yeah, on themselves. True. So. But and the- not as incompetent as they could yeah. be. Yeah, yeah. Um, the police still don't believe that there's been foul play, though, and instead suggest that Molly might have drowned. Where's her body? Well, yeah. The Bish family are filled with consternation at this idea because... She's a strong swimmer. Yeah, surely... exactly. She's a lifeguard. And, and surely <laughs> that would be very evident at the pond, right, if she drowned. Well, yeah. With children and adults playing Well, that's in the it. thing, yeah. Like, she's a fucking lifeguard. She's the best swimmer in her class. So it's just like, they're just like, what the... And people are in the pond all morning. Exactly. But Molly's brother, John, decides to go searching in the pond anyway. Apparently he just, like, ran into the pond. Um, And he's searching for so long that the police actually have to remove him. So that they're... I know. (laughs) So that their professional dive team that they had by now assembled uh, can search the pond properly. But you just think, like, God, that poor... So I'm guessing like it's they, not, like, clear water. Like no. No. It is kind of like, it properly does look like a lake. Okay. So, yeah. The dive team searches until dark, but they don't find anything. Um, and then after abandoning that search, their uh, officials search into the night in the woods surrounding the area, because oh. where it is, it's not totally out of the way. It's yeah. still close to the centre, but it is in, like, a properly wooded area. Yeah. So you can't sort of just... Like, you have to go to the pond. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but after nothing there either, the party's called off and a bigger search party is organised for the next day. So, like, Molly's family just had to have go to home alone. just wait. Yeah. Which I cannot that a would fathom, go like... Endless, yeah. I'm imagining. Mm-hmm. So, so the search picks up at 6am the next day. And to be fair to them, the law enforcement did deploy like all of their resources okay. they had mounted units uh tracker dogs yeah. helicopters with infrared scanners wow um and like molly's father was a probation officer in town Aww. so they obviously knew the family yeah. so well and were really invested in the search because like her dad was kind of like one of their own kind of thing which is such a shame they didn't take them seriously well, yeah, to begin with the thing. you'd think they would have done 
the end. The locals all joined in, and Molly's brother drove around with friends looking for her as well. So it's like the family's reactions to it that gets me really like emotional. (laughs) So I don't know what our brothers would do if that happened to us. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Too far, I reckon that they'd be worried. But Adrian couldn't do anything. No, he's He's from Japan. But, yeah, Phil would be worried. That's true. Yeah, um, I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> but the main trail from Cummins Pond, like forks, and one trail heads into the forest, and the other fork leads like along a woodland path to a cemetery. Okay. So police start to consider the possibility of her being abducted. Finally, um, and maybe that she was taken out of sight down that path to like a waiting car at the cemetery. That is absolutely horrific. And yeah. Spine chilling and like, I know. what's the word? So like, pathetic. Pre- yeah. And, oh. Um, the abductor, as you said, yeah, they think might have faked an injury to get her guard down. Yeah. Um, Why else would the yeah, first exactly. aid could be open? And yeah, abduction was starting be- to become the most obvious explanation. At the mention of a possible waiting car, Maggie is reminded of the man she saw at the pond the on the twenty sixth. Yeah. And so she tells the police about this, but says he wasn't there on the twenty seventh, so she just hadn't been it hadn't even crossed her mind. No, but then obviously police are thinking, well perhaps he parked yeah, elsewhere. That's and... the thing. Cause there is, of course, the possibility that he could have turned up after Molly had arrived. Yeah. And Maggie's pushed for details of the man. And she recalls him as looking about fifty years old. With, like, salt and pepper hair. Yeah, so going grey. Yeah, dark eyes and smoking a cigarette and driving a white car. So the police draw up a composite and after circulating her sort of report of him, witnesses report seeing a man and a car fitting her description, both at a car wash near the pond and at the cemetery. So the police think that maybe he waited at the car wash to see Maggie take Molly to the pond and see if she left. Yeah. And so he could drive up once Maggie had left. Um, and then, yeah, walked through the woods to the pond. Faked an injury. Yeah. yeah. But that's where any useful leads seem to end. Tips about the composite, like, flooded in from all over the country. But the image fitted, like, thousands so of people. people. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, and police lost, like, so much time checking leads that were just unconnected. Yeah. Which, obviously, you have to. Yeah, because their profile, yeah, it was a white male, 18 to 50, local to the area, fisherman or hunter, with a history of violence against women. So it's like... That could that describe could be, so many people. Yeah, it's like, that could be so many. Um, the district attorney ordered a search of 125 white vehicles in the area. Okay. Because police aren't sure what kind of car the man was in yeah and that hindered the search further um because they didn't know what they were looking for it was just a white vehicle vehicle. so yeah that search didn't lead anywhere either meanwhile police had been combing the area around the pond but the crime scene had been just totally contaminated by the swimming lessons and first responders because obviously yeah for like a couple of hours more than a couple of hours no one thought anything was wrong and someone was sitting in her chair someone was using her whistle you've got all the chlorine yeah and everything so yeah the beach area was like littered with cigarette butts there were fingerprints all over the first aid box and lifeguard chair so police said that they still couldn't rule out that she just ran away oh for fuck's sake yeah 
And also sightings of her were reported across several states. So that just backed their view. But how? Because much like the composite of the man that they're looking for, she would look like so many other people. She's blonde, blue-eyed, white. Yeah, white girl. Yeah. And Maggie said, like, it just felt like it was the easiest answer. So the police just wanted that to be the wrap it up. Yeah, exactly. Um, Despite feeling like running away was still most likely. The police did look into some possible suspects, thank God. Okay. <clears throat> um, they believed that if Molly was abducted, then she probably knew her abductor. That's fair enough. That's a fairly common... Yeah. yeah, that is usually the more likely scenario. Ed, her boss, was one of the first people to arrive at the pond, and his fingerprints were all over her belongings. Okay. So they obviously zeroed in on him. That could... That could easily be explained yeah. as well. He explained it by saying he'd had to go through Molly's things to find her radio. Yeah. And that he'd come to the pond to bring her a catalogue of swimming costumes that she'd wanted to look at. Okay. So, all, yeah, pretty... Normal nor- explanation. Yeah. They looked into his movements on the 27th and found that John, had run, uh, John her brother, yep. had run into Ed that morning in the hardware store in town. Okay. And this was after he'd been to the pond... Okay. And he didn't mention Molly was missing to John. Okay. But he said that was just because he didn't think she was really, she really was at that point. Just, he thought she had she just bunked off. And, yeah. yeah. Um, and I thought it was odd that the police considered that alibi to be solid and dismissed him as a suspect. Okay. But if this was after, was after. Been, like, yeah, what would stop him having abducted her? This wasn't during that time no. period. So yeah, I thought that was really strange that they dismissed him. That is, and it is kind of odd that you wouldn't mention it. Yeah, because like, you'd at least say, oh, is your sister all right? She's not at work. Like, or, yeah, how's she doing? Must be really hard. Yeah. Or, is she with friends? Or, oh, it's frustrating. She's not as reliable as you were. Right? Yeah, or like, oh, if you see her, tell her to come apologise or something. Yeah. yeah. It just does <laughs> seem odd that you wouldn't mention it at, at all. all. Yeah. But yeah, they dismissed him as a suspect. And they moved on to investigating Steve Lucas, Molly's boyfriend. Okay. Um, they're sus- like, can he sense. drive? Um, yes, okay. I believe he can. Their suspicions are compounded because Steve had like a swollen, injured lip the day of her disappearance. Okay. So Steve said that he had bumped into his bedroom door in the dark. <laughs> I can I'm quite, see that happening. Yeah, I'm quite a clumsy yeah. person, I could imagine it. Same, I'm always getting injured or yeah. bruised. Or... But he did also apparently tell a friend that he just had a cold sore. Okay, so, so it was like conflicting story. information, yeah. Yeah. So that did make the police suspicious. Um, which also was, again, kind of furthered by the fact that he wasn't very cooperative with the police. Okay, which is odd. Yeah, but... But then I suppose I'd be a bit, like, nervous. Especially yeah. Especially at that age. And like, they were very, like, they really did suspect him. him. Yeah. Um, and it does sound like he was probably a bit of a re- rebellious guy. Yeah. Apparently he had, like, nipple piercings oh, and wow. stuff like that. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, I have to say, like, people would instantly suspect, like, if I went missing, like, number of bruises on me yeah. from, like, pole and stuff. Exactly, yeah. yeah. They'd be like, like, oh my god, if she was a battered woman. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, even though he wasn't very cooperative with the police, he had, like, rushed to the pond with his brother as soon as he heard about Molly's disappearance. Yeah, so... so um, but he didn't participate in the searches for Molly. Okay. But I can kind of under 
I wouldn't, I think, be that way because I'm a very, like, I have to be doing something if I'm yeah. nervous. But I could understand also feeling like I can't deal with it. Yeah, some people just can't. Can yeah. Um, the Bish family as well didn't seem as capable of hurting Molly because um, they thought it would be just impossible for a teenager to have pulled this off so seamlessly. Like, Molly's yeah. just gone. Yeah, not um, a trace at yeah. all. Uh, the person had to know the area well and know Molly's schedule, which are all things Steve would know. Mm. But there wasn't any actual evidence pointing to him. Um, he took a polygraph test and passed, so he was removed as a suspect oh, as well. I still wouldn't ever take one of those. I know, oh. yeah. Um, and it's just sweet. Like, Steve described himself as being, like, in love with Molly. Aww. And he said that he'd had a crush on her for years. <laughs> And that he couldn't sleep, like, since she disappeared and stuff. That's like, so sad. I mean, no, I can't imagine being, like, a teenager and just, like, your partner's just gone. I couldn't imagine You're that so, now, like, impotent like... as, like, especially when you're younger in terms of, like, you can't... You, yeah, what could he do? No. Yeah. But, yeah. I think um, it'd be awful having kids and going through that as well. God, it's just, yeah. like, you've got to carry on and be strong mm-hmm. for them. And, and deal with their emotions about but it. But your whole yeah. world's just, like, literally falling apart. Mm-hmm. And, oh. Yeah. Um, he said that he wasn't overly cooperative with the police because, in his opinion, that then they, like, thought he had more information than he was letting on. So yeah. they were, yeah, they were kind of badgering him a bit. You, yeah, you must know what's happening. Yeah, and... they thought he had more information because of a phone call from Molly on the morning of her disappearance. Okay, it doesn't seem unusual. Yeah, like, that's that's what he said. Like, it was just a regular phone call that they had, like, most days. Yeah, missing you, looking forward to being off work. That's the thing, he said she would call to just, like, say hello a lot of the time, so. Especially because, like, back then, you didn't really have text in the same way. Yeah, that's your only way of checking in that day if you're not seeing each other, yeah. Um... Police looked into local sex offenders as well in the area because there was an unusually high number living around Warren. Brilliant! <laughs> yeah, I know. Sake. Yeah. So the police tried to determine alibis for them, but due to the nature of their convictions, most of them were unemployed, so it was just really hard to verify. Uh, none of them failed any polygraphs outright. Um, but that doesn't mean anything. No. Some of them, apparently, they did have like signs of deception but like what does that fucking mean like polygraphs are so shite yeah you might as well toss a fucking coin yeah but yeah days were passing and there was just no sign of molly and apparently their suspect list just kept growing it wasn't narrowing down it kept just having more people added to it um So the townspeople wore pink ribbons as a symbol of like hope that she was still alive and apparently they like covered the town in like yellow ribbons because that was um molly's favorite color oh and they just yeah they like blanketed it in like yeah. yellow ribbons <laughs> um the 4th of july fireworks were cancelled and instead they had a vigil for elizabeth her friend had been hit by a car and for molly oh god did elizabeth die as well, far then? as i can find she did survive but why did she have a Vigil, if she's well, because she was in critical like, thoughts and prayers for both of them. Hope they're both, yeah, because she was okay in a critical, um, okay. like she was in hospital. In I guess a critical I like condition. Candlelight vigil, and my head's straight away to like dead. mourning, yeah. death, and but yeah, it was like hope that they'd be both found, be and that, what the Molly would be found, and that she'd recover. Yeah, but yeah, I couldn't find any news articles or anything about Elizabeth. Seems 
Mm, but I did. <laughs> I sound like such a stalker, but I was Googling her to try yeah. and find anything about her. And it came up with like some information about like somebody's address kind of thing. Okay. And it was like kind of almost like catfish how they're like, oh, this phone number's linked to like. Yeah. And it did say like, oh, you know, this person lives in like somewhere else in Massachusetts and they used to live in Warren. So I was like, I think that's that her. That sounds like it would be. Yeah. So as far as I can tell, she did recover. Um, yeah. <laughs> two weeks after Molly's disappearance, a psychic from oh, two fuck off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> from two hours away came to the pond to oh, sit and see if she could get any like vibes from the area. Like literally, do they have nothing going on in their fucking lives that they have to feel important by doing yeah. that? I just I can't stand it. Like mm-hmm. you've got to be such a fucking narcissist to be like. Ooh, I can offer an insight to this case. You fucking know you can't, or you're delusional and need some mental yeah. health help. Mm. Yeah, Just, oh. I really don't know how I feel about psychic stuff as to whether I think it could be a thing at all or not. If it was fucking true, mm. uh, if any of these psychics were actually fucking psychic, the police would have them on fucking speed dial and they'd be yeah. using them all the bloody time. True. My friend Esther has been to a psychic. Yeah. And she was saying, There was some really weird stuff that she said that it was just like, how would you know that? Like, that is not something you could guess or, like, common knowledge. That's not something you could Google. That's, like, family knowledge. Yeah. And she did say, like, because she was a bit sceptical. She, like, didn't... All she gave her was her first name. She didn't, like, to meet her, she didn't give her her, like, full name, nothing. No photo, no No, before meeting her. So I don't know. Part of me still is like, that, a lot that of can't big... just, like, it can't be real. But a lot then... of psychics have, like, teams and stuff yeah, to do research. that's and... the thing. I feel like I would love to book a session with the person Esther saw. Yeah, just, just to, see. to see. what would she say. Because she said so much, apparently, about, like, Esther's dad and yeah. things like that. And, like, she had been thinking the day before she met him like dad like because her dad passed away yeah and that was why she was saying it was like dad if if any of this is real like give me a sign yeah um but then could it be that she's looking for that sign well, so yeah. much that she's drawing conclusions that, like, that she might not have done? yeah but they said that her dad was like coming through yeah sat in like a car that yeah. was like the cars that he would drive and that apparently he was saying, oh, he said to tell you the type of car I'm in. He said it's important. Okay. And, like, that is kind of weird. And, like, she said, you'll find a stone with a rainbow on it. And that's your dad sending you a message. And her but... daughter came home from nursery with a stone with a rainbow on it in her bag. And like, those yeah. sorts of things are like, how would that But then happen? at the same time, stones with rainbows on them are so popular at the moment with the True, NHS but it was like COVID that day. But, then just, it, but yeah. It, it could be coincidence. Still, like, if, yeah. if her daughter had come home like a week or two weeks later with that stone from nursery, yeah. she would have thought the same. Yeah. Like, it's, that's it. It's so difficult to think, is it just Like, you, you couldn't pick a more like generic stone really yeah, at true. the moment, could yeah, you, than that with is a true. rainbow? Yeah, there's... Like, Granny was at some fair or something after Granddad died. Mm. 
And there was a woman there that was just like saying that she was psychic and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why Granny spoke to her because that is not Granny at no. all. Um, but she was there with a friend or something. And I think the friend convinced her, just like, mm-hmm. oh, well, yeah, there's nothing to harm or yeah. anything. And the psychic person was just like, oh, I'm getting a message from like your deceased husband or whatever. He's he's saying to say, your shoes are very nice. And Granny was just like, well, that's absolutely granny wouldn't swear no the essence of it was yeah yeah, that's absolutely rubbish because he would never have even noticed my shoes Uh he's not granddad at all yeah so So maybe i don't know maybe some are better than Mm, others maybe some are better research well that's the thing is like i'd love to maybe do it once just to see like can you convince me yeah like i'd go in so bloody actually say stuff that i am like there's no way you could have found that out i would go in and i would ask to wear a like white face mask Mm. completely covers your face as well so they can't get any readings your face too true yeah i mean esther did it on zoom as well so like that's also kind of like more removed in terms of them like doing cold reading and stuff but still you can still do it yeah what was in the room was there any like pictures of her dad no she said she did it in like a totally featureless kind of like room because she was really skeptical yeah but equally yeah i it is the sort of thing where as well where it is like obviously she wanted to believe it so much yeah like she wanted to be convinced you have to get the details and then we can both go and we can both be be like really interesting yeah because also granny if she came through she's very (laughs) distinctive yeah, be able to tell if it was exactly. like her or not. Yeah, like, <laughs> it was no mistaking Granny. <laughs> so yeah, but, yeah, it I, would I'd be, be so interesting to just. I think it's a see. load of bollocks. Yeah. That's but, the thing. It'd be so interesting. Just be like, is there? Like, would you leave with a feel with any kind of feeling of like maybe, or yeah. would it more reinforce you just think like, no, that's absolutely crap like, that sometimes i think sometimes sometimes i think absolutely mm, not like yeah maybe it's a bit like in um terry pratchett's discworld like in one of his books he has that it's like people get what they believe in yeah so like <laughs> i know but that freaks me out because i've had that thought before and then i'm just like well, if i don't believe it enough what if, what if i don't <laughs> oh, get anything yeah. afterwards yeah but that's thing in Discworld, it's funny because it's then in that bit, it's like, so you only go to like heaven if you believe in it, but also the only people who go to hell are those who really, in their heart, know they deserve to go there. Yeah. Because it doesn't exist unless they properly, absolutely think that they're going to go there. <laughs> so it's a bit like in, um, have you watched Lucifer? No, because I still can't get the like first season on anything. Netflix had it, and so does Amazon Prime. Netflix has got it now. Yeah. They had like the later couple of seasons. Oh, did not... they take it over Amazon yeah. Prime? Yeah, Amazon Prime had it, and then it switches to Netflix. Ooh! Oh, cool! I will watch it then. It's so good. But yeah, their concept of hell in there is obviously Lucifer like presides over hell mm-hmm. when he was there. But the people in hell, like there's, a, they have their own like rooms and doors mm-hmm. that they can't get out of because they're their own torturers, and they can only oh. leave hell when they resolve feeling like they belong in hell huh that's a cool way to do it yeah hmm. it's wow. really good i would definitely recommend yeah. watching lucifer hmm. see i 
I don't care what happens after we die. I mean, obviously I wouldn't want to go to hell if that does turn out to be real. But, like, I don't care if there's nothing. I really do. The it thing like, that, literally uh, gives me existential, like, oh, panic see, attacks. See, what gives me panic attacks is knowing that I am going to have to die. Like, at some point I'm going to have to go through dying in whatever way that is. And that everyone else I know and love and will know and love is at some point going to have to die yeah but surely going through the dying if you knew 100% that there was something good afterwards wouldn't be anywhere near as bad as knowing that that could be the last thing you ever do no I don't care about after I do I kind of feel in many senses I'd rather that there's an end and that it's done god no I don't have to go through life again (laughs) like (laughs) it literally gives me like actual panic attacks Mm. like yeah no, yeah, like the idea unresolved of like, traumas from granddad dying when I was five and not being allowed to yeah, funeral. Yeah, maybe, yeah. That's thing, it is so more the idea of, like, dying that scares me. No. The, once I'm dead. No, for me it's the possible nothingness afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know, I just hate that sometimes I will just be, like, with Ian or Troy or and be like, at some point you're going to die. And yeah. somebody's going to be there getting you into your clothes for your funeral. And, yeah. like, you... People are going to interact with you as a dead body and not know you. And you you are going to be dead at some point. I cried like. a uh, few weeks ago to Josh because I was just, like, really upset. And he was like, why are you upset? And I was just like... Because he'd said something just like, I oh, don't ever want to lose you. And I'm mm. just like, but one day one of us is going to lose the other one of us. Yeah. Like, there's no escape from True. that like suicide pact <laughs> <laughs> but yeah and it was just like it just mm. hit me and i was just like i don't want one of us yeah. to have to deal with that because one no, of us will exactly. have to. i'd rather troy had to deal with me that's dying. what i said yeah. i said i would rather be the one to go first yeah i know not in a way where i mean like oh he doesn't care about me as much but i think he'd cope better i just yeah i don't know to not have josh there to support me or reassure me or like no like yeah i couldn't no i hope i yeah. never have to yeah but anyway back to back to yes. our psychic we've like literally probably spent like 15 <laughs> yeah, minutes have. yeah yeah this psychic came from two hours away yeah to go and sit by the pond and we would yeah thought yeah. they could have got there ahead of time <laughs> <laughs> wow you tell them that <laughs> um she had visions of swings pipes and underground cellars Plus a man... Sounds pretty nondescript. Yeah. And she also had visions of a man who did not fit the composite. She saw instead a tall, thin man with, like, a long nose and dark hair. But she didn't pass these visions on to the police, though. How'd she have a long nose? Have you not seen people with, like, quite long noses? (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah, she didn't pass them on to the police because she wasn't completely sure. So at least she wasn't, like, I'm really important. Like, okay. Yeah, she wasn't, like, really pushy about trying to be important. Okay. Her daughter did apparently try to convince her to tell the police, and she was like, yeah. no, it's not, like, good enough okay. to tell them. No, she's gone up a little bit in yes. my books. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, despite the lack of leads, police were searching unceasingly. Like, they yeah. once they decided Molly was gone, they did really pull their finger out yeah. and were, like, really working hard. But months passed, and yeah, like the Bish family had to start trying to rebuild their life. But just how that's just 
it was impossible. Yeah. They felt like they were trapped, apparently, in just, like, a surreal nightmare. No. And just, yeah, like, surviving as, like, painful milestones passed. Yeah. Like, the first birth... First Christmas. First birthday. First birthday. Yeah, first birthday would have been first, actually, yeah. First birthday, first Christmas. Halloween. They were just, yeah, unimaginably agonising, like, without Molly there. I, I couldn't imagine just, like, no. doing, like, the Halloween stuff that we do, or no. Christmas, and just, like, say Someone's it was you, there, yeah. and you're just not there to make the jokes yeah. that we always make, or exactly. the dish that you normally make. Yeah, or... and knowing how much that person, like, loved yeah. doing that thing, or, yeah. Um... Yeah, like, if it was Christmas and you weren't there, I was to be like, how many times have you watched Elf? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm always the one to send the, like, Elf gift first, mm-hmm. or my bread sauce, and Phil actually gets <sighs> to make it. Oh my god, yeah. Like, I don't think you'd feel, would you, just like, oh yeah, now I can make it. It'd yeah. It'd be heartbreaking. It wouldn't feel like Christmas. No. It should also be tragic, because I love Christmas. So, <laughs> <laughs> I need to be the first to go out of everyone, apparently. <laughs> um, but yeah, they fell back onto their faith a lot, which yeah. like supported them. Just understand, yeah. Like... Especially like Maggie, the, um, Molly's mum. Yeah, and she prayed a lot. I can't imagine being a parent, right? Yeah. Um, and she, yeah, she described her situation as being between hell and hope. Aww. Yeah, but by now, so much time had passed. The state police had had to return to their unit. Yeah, so the investigation was being continued like from afar. Yeah. Molly's father's probation caseload was looked into to see if any, like, offenders he'd worked with might want to harm him. Um, but apparently, like, basically all his caseload were, like, so complimentary of him. Like, they all loved working with him. Aww. I know. <laughs> so <laughs> You wouldn't expect that, would no, you? No, exactly, yeah. But, yeah, years ended up going by. Aww. And still, yeah, just, like, nothing progressed I the case. I ones like that where you just don't know like yeah it's like one day they're gone and it's like nothing you never as awful as it sounds at least when you know what's happened to them you can start healing yeah like you'll never get over it there's always going to be a scar Mm -hmm. but it's not going to be kept fresh and wondering yeah that's the thing but yeah in spring 2003 though amongst the hundreds of reports police were still receiving claiming people had seen Molly with tips. Two separate reports citing Molly in Miami, Florida, came in. So that seemed to be like the first significant lead in a long time. And the police were about to deploy officers to investigate when there was also another breakthrough, or possible breakthrough. Molly's disappearance was connected to the abduction and murder of another girl in a town just oh, a couple no. of miles yeah, away from Warren that was from 1993. So, okay, so sort of seven yeah, years seven before seven years her. before Molly's own murder. And to make that possible connection even more tragic, when this girl had disappeared in 93, Molly had actually heard about the case oh, no. and sent a letter to her family... I know. She's so sweet as well. I know. Yeah. Because they were the same age, so it had, like, really struck a chord with her. Yeah. So that girl was really young then. She must have been nine, ten. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Her name was Holly Perenin, so it's Holly and Molly as well. Oh. Yeah. She was abducted and murdered on the 5th of August, 1993. Um, yeah, her birthday was the 19th of January, 1983, so she was ten and a half, basically. Oh, so 
Um, she was slim, long blonde hair, blue, blue eyes. eyes. Yeah. And she lived in Grafton, which is also in Massachusetts, yeah. but was visiting her grandparents' cottage for a week with her father and two brothers. Oh, in... so she shouldn't have even been no. there? No. And that was in Sturbridge, which is a 19-minute drive from the centre of Warren. Oh, so yeah, really close by. Yeah. But I think that is where we are going to have to leave this episode. No! To pick it back up next week. But you week. said there's a breakthrough! Yeah. And so that we've got time to look at Holly Perenin's case and everything that happens after that. So, <laughs> now I know so, how you feel. Yeah, it's not nice, is it? No! <laughs> but, yeah... It's just such a sad case. I think it's hard as well because, like, even though our family can be a bit weird, we are all really close. Yeah. And, like, it feels like that kind of family. Yeah. Like, I feel like their family is sort of a bit like ours. Yeah. And I can just, like, I can so imagine being in that, like, yeah. yeah. But it's so sad. I need to know the break. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that is the end of that. Molly Bish part one. Molly Bish part one, yeah, my first first two part. Yeah. <laughs> and it is gonna be a two parter, it's not gonna go on to like three or four like <laughs> some of your things have done. I think the most of mine's gonna well, be yeah. three. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So hopefully you guys come back next week to hear the uh, remainder of the case. Yeah, I will go. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Ah, oh, you've been listening to The, the Weird, Weird Sisters. Sisters. Thanks for giving us a listen. Um, hopefully you're enjoying it and will give us a like, a share and yeah. Yeah, a review, tell your friends. Tell please, your... please, please. Yeah. <laughs> anything to help us out um and if you do want to get in contact with us you can reach us at the weird sisters podcast at gmail.com that is weird with a y as we have said before w y r d why you ask we don't know (laughs) you should because you are an english master yes Um, (laughs) you can also get us at facebook which is at the weird sisters podcast Again, W Y R D, and Instagram as well, which is surprisingly the Weird Sisters podcast. Yeah. W Y R D also. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, we would love to hear from you. Any sort of suggestions, comments? Just want to chat. We're yeah. here for you. Awesome. Hope to hear from you soon, guys. Yeah. Bye. Bye.